necessary. Name of a whistleblower, perhaps. The password to a financial account, the plans for the D-Day invasion. But generally, the more a person or a group tries to hide information, the more likely it is that they are up to no good. One of the tendencies that the church has had to overcome now and again throughout its history has been secrecy. In the very early days of the faith, after Jesus's ascension, a group of people called the Gnostics threatened the whole structure of the church. Gnosis is the Greek word for knowledge. And this group claimed that they had secret knowledge from God that meant that they should have special privilege and position in the church. Even as recently as the 1960s, there was resistance within the Roman Catholic Church to translate the words of the liturgy for the Mass from Latin into the common language of whatever country the church was in, even though it was usually only the priests who understood Latin. But as we hear in this morning's text from Deuteronomy, this tendency towards secrecy or withholding knowledge in any way is totally antithetical to what God wants for knowledge about God or God's ways. In this morning's story from Deuteronomy, Moses sets up provisions to assure that all God's people will know everything about God and God's ways so that everyone can work together to build a just society. Moses set things up, sets things up so that even kids will hear what the adults hear. Far from hiding anything, God's desire is to be known by all. Knowledge of God and God's ways are vital for a just society. The more people who know, and the more they know, the better. As we've heard in the last couple weeks of this series, Moses' time as the mediator between God and the Israelites is almost over. Moses is trying to set things up so that when he is gone, God's people will still know how to follow God. The first step Moses gives this morning, verse 9, So Moses wrote down this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, Levi who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. We don't know how much Moses wrote down originally, but what he started here led all the way to all the scriptures that we have today. The fullness of the Hebrew First Testament and the Greek New Testament. It took centuries before the whole collection was settled 
and some writings that were important didn't actually make it in because they didn't meet the full criteria of what people thought it took to, to be a part of the scriptures. But all those that eventually were settled on had the same criteria that Moses used here in this starting point. They were words and stories that God had inspired that were to be used to help people know God and God's ways for living. Moses gave the original writings to the priests, but they weren't meant for the priests alone. Verses 10 and 11. Then Moses commanded them at the end of every seven years in the year of canceling debts during the Feast of the Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place God will choose, you shall read this law before them in their hearing. All of Israel. We need to stop or pause a moment to reflect on how absolutely extraordinary this provision was and still is. Jeffrey Tigay is a professor at the University of Pennsylvania. He puts it in perspective for us. Reading the teaching is what he calls it. Reading the teaching publicly at the festival is paralleled in the ancient times only by the public recitation of the Homeric epics every fourth year at the great Panathenaea festival in ancient Athens. According to the Greek orator Lycurgus, the purpose of the recitation of the Homeric epics was to inspire the people to emulate the nobility of the Homeric heroes. Tigay, though, goes on and says, there are few, if any, counterparts elsewhere in the ancient world to the idea of educating the entire people in religious and civic law. Nowhere else in records do we find a systematic program for putting this ideal into practice, nor evidence that it was actually put into practice as it's found in the Torah and post-biblical Judaism. God does not want knowledge confined to a privileged few. Through Moses, God based the creation of a just society on the sharing of all knowledge with all people. As I said earlier, even with children. And for that matter, even with those who were at the time considered outsiders. I hate the way that it comes across in, in this scripture as the aliens. It sounds like a science fiction group of people who were living there, but it's anyone who is outside the covenant people, Gentiles like us. Again, we hear Moses say, assemble the people, congregate the people. It's another way of doing it. Men and women, children, and the aliens, those outside of the covenant people living in your towns, so that they can listen and learn to revere the Lord your God and follow carefully all the words of this law. 
Their children who do not know this law must hear it and learn to revere the Lord your God as long as you live in the land you're crossing the Jordan to possess. Again, a, a quote from Jeffrey T. Gay on some of the implications of what Moses began here. He writes, These exhortations embody Deuteronomy's profound concern to impress the teaching on the mind of all Israelites in order to shape their character as individuals and as a nation. This concern is one of the most characteristic and far-reaching ideas of the Bible. It reflects several premises and aims of biblical religion. The entire people, and not only a spiritual, intellectual, or clerical elite, the entire people are God's children and consecrated to God. Hence, biblical religion is for the people as a whole. All must live a holy way of life like priests among the nations. Therefore, the entire people must be taught about God and God's laws. This is interesting as well. The entire citizenry must be trained in the nature of justice, including civil and criminal law, so as to live according with it. The entire citizenry must know its own rights and duties as well as those of its leaders. This enables all to judge the leader's actions and prevents all from excusing failures to perform their duties by claiming ignorance of them. Everyone should know not only so that they can live as they are called to, but they can hold accountable everyone else, including leadership, as to whether they are living in accordance with what God desires. For those of us in the Christian church, we believe that Jesus desired this same universal knowledge of God and the ways of God for the same reasons. And as our two New Testament passage, passages reveal, we believe that Jesus helped internalize this knowledge of God through the Holy Spirit. As he says in the gospel, the gospel passage, if anyone loves me, they will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. The one who doesn't love me won't obey my teaching. These words that you hear, all the teaching that he has given, and even what he is doing now, are not my own. They belong to God, the Creator, the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And so Paul reminds us as well in his passage that before the Holy Spirit came to us. We were like kids who were sort of guided by the, this exterior law. But now we are a part of the family and we have become heirs to all that God has for us. And so 
as he says, God spent, sent the spirit of the Son into our hearts to internalize all of this and this relationship. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father, and helps us to understand that we are no longer outsiders ourselves, but we are part of the family. Knowledge of God and God's ways are foundational to what God has for us as a people and the, the world. They are, got knowledge of God and God's ways are foundational for a just society. The more who know and the more they know, the better. Honestly, this is why the church and all of its expressions throughout the world and our gatherings are so essential to who we are. And I mean very specifically our Sunday morning gatherings, in person or live streamed. Every Sunday, like I was saying to the kids, we have a mini version of Moses's gathering. We read and hear scripture. Over the course of one year, if you are here or tune in every Sunday, you will hear readings from the Torah, the prophets, the Psalms, the wisdom books, the gospels, the epistles, even Revelation, usually sometime at the year. Every year, I do a full sermon series on one book of the Hebrew First Testament, one of the gospels, and a New Testament book. And each week, in addition to the main text, I almost always include readings from the other sort of major sections of Scripture, like this morning. The main text is from the Hebrew First Testament, the book of Deuteronomy. And so I also had a gospel reading and a New Testament reading. And then we use the Psalms, again, as I was saying to the kids, we use the Psalms for our liturgy, for our prayers, the, the prayer of confession, the call to worship, the assurance of pardon. We do this because God wants us to know as much as we can about God and God's ways in order that we can live well and help create a just society. And with all the other garbage we are bombarded with every other day of the week, we need this time, these scriptures week after week, to be reminded of God, to learn or remember who God is and what God wants for the world, and then live in awe of God. Living under this corrupt and criminal president and administration over the past four years, we have been able to experience how oppressive, how discouraging it is, how infuriating it is when people in power withhold knowledge and information of all sorts. We still have not seen Donald Trump's taxes. 
Former White House attorney Don McGahn has still not testified about the Comey firing. These things are years since they've been requested and they have not been shared. The knowledge has been withheld. And that's just one, those are two examples of of many things that have been hidden and withheld. And every time something has been shared finally, it has almost without fail proved the adage that beware of those who are hiding information because they are likely up to no good. So, as much as possible, let us, at least, live in the light of God. God has revealed to us, and anyone who cares to know it, what is true, what is right, what is just. So let us learn and live and share this knowledge. The more who know God and the ways of God, and the more each person knows God and the ways of God, the closer we will get to what God desires for all, justice and peace and beauty. Thanks be to God.